The truth of Jesus is narrow. Pastor Xavier Reese explains. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Wow, what a statement. Now, Jesus is the most narrow-minded person you will ever meet when it comes to salvation. He is the truth. He didn't say he's the latest truth. He didn't say he was some truth, one of the truths. He was the truth. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back is an everyday phrase used to give assurance to buyers everywhere. Well, today on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier details the blessed assurance Christ has to offer that we find in the Gospel of John. Through faith, hope, and love, Jesus provides the guarantee of eternity as He proclaims He is the only way, truth, and life as we find our way on today's Simple Truth. Jesus comforts the hearts of the disciples by three proclamations in John 14, 1 through 6. Let me read it for you and I'll give them to you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus comforts the heart of the disciples by three proclamations. First, the proclamation of love, verse 1 and 2. Secondly, the proclamation of hope, verse 3 and 4. And thirdly, the proclamation of faith, verse 5 through 6. Let's look at the proclamation of love. Notice first in verse 1, Jesus points his finger to the problem, their heart. The word is used as the center of all physical and spiritual life of man, being body, soul, and spirit. The word trouble means agitate, to cause the inward commotion, to take away the calmness of mind. They had just been told by Jesus that he was leaving after three and a half years instead of going to Jerusalem to reign. He threw a curb in their plans. Has God ever thrown a curb in your plan? <laughs> they could not go with him, yet they had left all. They had just been rebuked by his example by washing feet, revealing that there was not one servant among them. Peter has just been told he's going to deny him three times before the cock crows three times. Their whole world has just tumbled down. And so here now, Jesus points out the solution to the problem. They were to believe in God, the Father. In other words, he's saying, you believe in God. That's a fact. It appears right here in the New King James in the indicative. Notice thirdly in verse 2 that Jesus points out his plan. The facts of the plan was that there were many mansions in his father's house. The word mansion means a staying, abiding, dwelling, to make one's abode. If it were not so, I would have told you, Jesus said, for he is seeking to what? 
comfort them with the truth, not lies. The Lord Jesus was going to prepare a place for them. They were in view of the Father's plan, not his destruction. So often fear comes to our heart because we think God's after us. We think God's going to destroy us. Oh, if God does, I'm not going to do it because he'll send me to Africa. Send you to Africa. You, the mentality of Christians is God's going to look for the worst thing in the world and he's going to make them do it. The thing we always have to keep in mind is that Jesus has a plan for our lives because he loves us. Keep that in mind. This is the proclamation of love. These guys are freaking out. They're afraid. Then he moves to the proclamation of hope. Verse 3 and 4. Notice first, in verse 3, Jesus gives them a promise. The Lord's promise was based on his going. The word if. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back to receive you to myself. The word if does not imply doubt, but certainty based on the previous verse. The reason for his going was to prepare what? A place for them. It wasn't for himself. It was for them, but they didn't understand it. The Lord promised that as he was going, he would what? Don't miss it. He was also going to come again. Jesus gives them assurance. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. He told them that where he went, they knew. He had told them from Caesarea Philippi on that he was going to Jerusalem to die and to be risen from the dead. They knew that. Now, they had a different agenda, but they knew that. He told them that he was going to be with them only a little while longer and they could not come. Verse 33 of the previous chapter. He told them that he was going to the Father to prepare a place for them. He told them they knew the way. He was the one who came to reveal the Father, John 1.18. He was the one the Scripture testified about in John 5.39. You do search the Scriptures, and in them you think you have life, but they are they that speak and testify of who? Me. He was the I am. Before Abraham was, I am. John 8.58. Someone has said that if you could convince a man there was no hope, he would curse the day that he was born. Hope is an indispensable quality of life. Years ago, the S-4 submarine was rammed by another ship and quickly sank. The entire crew was trapped in its prison house of death. Ships rushed to the scene of disaster off the coast of Massachusetts as men clung bravely to the life that they had as the oxygen slowly gave out. A diver placed his helmet ear to the side of the vessel and listened. He heard a tapping out a question in the dots and dashes of Morris Code. The question came slowly. Is there any hope? This seems to be the cry of humanity in the search to quench its spiritual thirst. Is there any hope? Hope indeed is the basis of all human existence in Christ. Jesus is trying to give them hope. Hope always looks to the future. The promises of God are always to instill hope in us. Always. The promise of God to come back for his church has a purpose. 
First, to warn the world to repent and to be ready. Or they'll be cast into the tribulation period, Revelation 2.22. You and I are to warn. We are the watchmen of the city. We do it out of love. Not like Jonah, hoping that God barbecues them. We're hoping they repent. Secondly, to be looking for the blessed hope, Titus 2.13. Speaks about the blessed hope. The blessed hope is raptured. As Jesus comes for his church, listen, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Blessed hope. And thirdly, to have an incentive for holy living. 1 John 3, 1 through 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that even though it doesn't yet appear what we shall be, when we see him, we shall be exactly like him. And he says that everyone who has this hope purifies himself even as he is pure. The rapture the harpazo, the removal of the church is the greatest incentive for holy living. If you're not living for holiness, then you don't really believe Jesus is coming. You remember the servant? He said, ah, my Lord, the is coming. He began to drink and party and jump from bed to bed and beat his servants and everything else. And when he thought not, his master returned and appointed him along with the unbeliever. Many stripes. Whoa. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies his first coming. Many of them while he was still on the cross and even after he had died. Now, what are the chances based on this reputation that he's not coming again? You want to take some chances, some odds? You want to put some wagers on that? You'd have to be a fool. This is the proclamation of hope. Absolutely. But that not being enough, because he wants to comfort them, he moves on to the proclamation of faith. Verse 5 and 6. Notice first, Jesus allows Thomas to question him. Oh, God is so graceful. I know you've never questioned God, but I have. <laughs> he said, they did not know where he is going. Now, remember the thing. They're freaked out. They're perplexed. They've left everything. Jesus is saying he's splitting. He's getting out of here. Here he goes. Lord, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? <laughs> he didn't say, Lord, um, we don't know where you're going. And um, how can we know the way? Now, I think that Thomas, juggler being, was busting out in the side of his neck. I think he was a little perturbed. How dare he make me quit my job and follow him and then leave me stranded. That sound familiar? <laughs> Thomas is known to us as Doubting Thomas. Later on, he does not believe that Jesus rose from the dead in chapter 20, verse 24 and 25 until he feels the nail prints on his hands, his side, and his feet. But Thomas had his good days, too. In chapter 11, verse 16, when Jesus wanted to go back to Bethany at the death of Lazarus, he says, let's go, let's go die with him. Whoa. There's a beautiful example of the potential of your life. If you trust God, you can say, let's go die with him. But if you don't, then you'll be a doubting Thomas most of the time. 
He was responding out of fear and frustration for Jesus has said some difficult things. There will be times when you and I will respond in a wrong way in our desperation or frustration, and God will understand. Those times do not surprise God, for he is fully aware of my failures. I mean, do you think God says, Gabriel, come here. I can't believe, I didn't know he was going to fail me. Will you look at him? God knows everything about me. Everything. He's never surprised. Now, I'm surprised, but he's never surprised. Those times can cause me to draw closer to God, to know his will. Or those times can also be dangerous times, knowing his will and still willfully doing my own will, not regarding the consequences. Remember the Chinese character for crises. It means danger and opportunity. Opportunity if I draw close to God and seek his will. Danger if I, through my own reasoning, my own intellect, my own endeavors, my own power, my own strength, my own abilities, I say, I'm going to do it. I can do it no matter what. And I go against the known will of God. Woe to me. He questioned how they could know the way. Once again, fear can paralyze us regarding what we know, right? Have you ever been in a position where you kind of, you know, and they ask you, and you just kind of just go blank for, you know, you just, or you don't remember? It just, it does that. Frustration can cause us to say things that are in anger against a person being a bit resentful. And I think that's what he was doing. Lord, what do you mean? How can you? <laughs> we know that already, huh, parents? Our kids do that, right? <laughs> what do you mean? Mow the whole lawn today? And take out the trash too? <laughs> Notice, secondly here, Jesus declares the truth he already knew, but needed to be reminded. And that's all the Lord does, right? We know. He reminds us. I am the way. Can you imagine? Thank God for Thomas. If Thomas wouldn't have been there, we would have never gotten this verse. Now, how many times have you used this verse for the cults, huh? for religious people? I am the way. The article is before the word way, implying the only way. No other way. Secondly, he says, I am the truth. The article, again, is present, implying the only truth about God and salvation. That's the context, God and salvation. The statement tells us that all truth that declares to be of and about God and salvation must be confirmed by the words of Jesus. All else is a counterfeit. Remember that. He is the sifter. He is the standard. None other. He is the truth. He didn't say he's the latest truth. He didn't say he was some truth. One of the truths, he was the truth. The statement declares that we possess all the truth necessary to know God and salvation. Now, he's not talking about science. He's not talking about mathematics. He's not talking about engineering. You want to be a lawyer? Go to law school. You want to be a Christian? Stick your face in the Bible. You want to know about God? Get in the Bible. I am the life. The article for the third time is present, implying the only life. The life is not merely human existence, but what? Eternal life. 
This life comes only through repentance resulting in the forgiveness of sins and the obtaining of eternal life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Wow, what a statement. Now, either he is God or he is the craziest person who has ever lived. You, you can't be ecumenical here. <laughs> you're divided or you're united with Christ here. No ever but about it. Notice thirdly, Jesus declares he was the only medium to the Father. For he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. The statement of fact is that no man comes to the Father. Man is sinful and cannot approach God and live. He dwells in a light that's unapproachable, 1 Timothy 6.16. But notice also the statement of conditional medium is except through me. There's a condition. The way is very narrow-minded. Please mark that. Jesus is the most narrow-minded person you will ever meet when it comes to salvation and the forgiveness of your sins and the imparting of eternal life. The truth can be counted on. It's absolutely true. It isn't subjective truth. It is objective truth. It is true and it was truth then as it is now as it ever will be 3,000 years from now. It has never changed. The life that is eternal is what is at stake here based on choice. Sometimes I am sad. I know not why. My heart is sore distressed. It seems the burdens of this world has settled on my heart. And yet I know, I know that God, who does all things right, will lead me thus to understand, to walk by faith, not by sight. And though I may not see the way, he's planned for me to go. The way seems dark to me just, but oh, I'm sure he knows. Today he guides my feeble step, tomorrow's in his right. He has asked me to never fear, but walk by faith, not by sight. Someday the mist will roll away, the sun will shine again. I'll see the beauty in the flowers, I'll hear the birds refrain. And then I'll know my Father's hand has led the way to light because I place my hand on His and walk by faith and not by sight. Mm. If our faith will fail, and it will fail at times, but Jesus is always there to pick us up if we confess. First John 1 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 2 1 says, My little children, I write these things unto you that you do not practice sin, but if you do stumble and fall, you have Jesus Christ, the advocate, the Lord for your defense, making intercession for you. Thank God for Jesus Christ. He is greater than my heart who condemns me. 1 John 3 19 through 23 tells you that. So I draw close to him. Your heart may condemn you, friends may condemn you, Satan will condemn you, the world will condemn you, but if you confessed it, he's forgiven it, he's forgotten it, he's buried it. He is a compassionate and faithful high priest, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. For that reason, we are to come to the throne of grace to find grace and help in time of need. Why? Because he is a faithful, compassionate high priest who is able to be touched with our infirmities. 
The faith that is on the way is lined up with the narrow gate and the difficult way which leads to life, and there are few who find it, Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Now, do you say you're on the way? If you are, you're lined up with the narrow gate and the difficult way. How are you doing? The broad way leads to destruction. Many, many enter in. The promises of philosophy and religions are worthless and God will not honor them. Paul tells the Colossians very, very clearly in Colossians 2, 8 through 10, that we are to be aware lest anyone cheat us through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and in him you're complete, who is the head of all principality and powers. Philosophy, phileo sophia, the love of wisdom, Rudiments of the world, ABCs, worthless. Works are an insult to God, for he crucified his son to meet his righteousness and his holiness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made his son sin for you and me, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You come, what, what are you going to offer him? What, what, what dirty works are you going to offer him to insult him? He signed it in blood. He will take no other. The truth that produces faith is being compromised today for the sake of unity. You have a lot of ecumenical movements today. Be real careful. First Peter 2, 1 through 3 says, false prophets, false teachers. By the droves, merchandising, lying. Unity at the expense of biblical or doctrinal truth is blind unity. And both the blind who lead and the blind who follow will fall into a ditch, Matthew 15, 14. There are a lot of ecumenical movements today that are compromising biblical truths for unity. Well, people are getting saved. Hey, guy used Balaam's jackass. It's okay. We all qualify. Be real careful. The faith that results in life eternal is never apart from the Son. Failure to obtain this quality of life seals one eternity apart from God to torment. Matthew 25, 41 says that Gehenna was made for no one but Satan and his angels. Millions will be there because they rejected the way, the truth, and the life. Life eternal refers to a quality of life, God-like life. Secondly, forever. But primarily it speaks of a quality of life. We're to be like Christ. Life eternal is only in the Son. John 3.36 says, He who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son has not life. Listen, and the wrath of God abides in him. Whoa. This is the proclamation of faith. Now, here you go. Love, hope, faith. Faith for the present. Hope for the future. What bridges them together? Love. There it is. Man. Jesus comforted the hearts of the disciples by the three proclamations. The proclamation of love, the proclamation of hope, and the proclamation of faith. Those are nice three triplets that I think we can live with. They will not keep us up at night. They will make us sleep sound. Comforting our hearts to not live in fear. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, relaying the simple truth that love is the bridge to faith for the present and hope for the future. Blessed assurance from the God of all comfort. And we've been listening to a message Pastor Xavier has called Jesus the Heart Specialist. Now, you may be interested to know that today's presentation can be heard again, anytime, by way of the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But if you prefer your own personal copy on CD, we can make one available for only $4 upon request. And by the way, we'll be able to include everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. So that title once again is Jesus the Heart Specialist, or you can simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And when you contact us, thanks for letting us know the call letters of the station you're listening to. That information is very valuable to us, and we appreciate your help very much. Now, anyone who owns a fruit tree knows that the harvest is better from a properly pruned tree. Well, next time, Pastor Xavier shares how Jesus says the same goes for the fruit we bear. For He is the vine, and we are the branches. Hope you'll be back. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com